Hi everybody, it's Barry here again, and um, it's been a bit of a rough week this week. Uh, last Sunday, um, a mentor of mine died, Dr. Larry Crabb, and um, I don't know, it's Friday and I'm feeling quite tired, and maybe it's because of just the amount of grief that I, f I feel, actually. Um, I'm... Um, administrator on um, the Larry Crabb Appreciation Facebook Club <laughs> and there's just been a huge outpouring of love and um, and, and loss uh, from people who have loved this man and um, maybe I'm picking up on that or some of that but um, <coughs> this week's post is about Larry Crabb and um, it's full of uh, quotes <laughs> <laughs> I love Larry and I love what he had to what he shared and so um, I'm just going to do my best to get through this and um, you see I think there are times that I believe that God brings people sort of across our path um, that just seem to have a long-lasting impact on our journey and I remember back in 1998 when I began um, being a pastor and I had this role of being a community chaplain <clears throat> and uh, in a large church where the focus was to provide pastoral care for people with quite serious mental illnesses. Um, and these were people who, I suppose they found church really difficult, and I think they probably still do. And I don't think the church really does much for them, even, even now. Um... But my role was to help them, um, teaching, pastoral care, give them support. Um, they were specifically focused on their needs and how they learned and the struggles they had. You know, prior to this, I'd, I'd been a support worker, helping people with serious mental illnesses every day in their daily lives. And over and over and over again, I'd see people uh, try to be part of a church community and not truly connect you know in some church people they would would rescue them uh preach at them moralize them and tell them to try harder in the end you know churches and the people in them just weren't safe <laughs> and i uh, still aren't and um that was when um a former student, and he was my supervisor at the time. He was a former student of Larry Krebs, and he handed me the book, um, Connecting, Healing Ourselves and Our Relationships. And that was when the light bulbs went on. <laughs> and in this book, Larry talks about uh, a sort of a pivot in his thinking and a subtle shift away from psychology to what he would probably refer to later as soul care. So I'm just going to read this first quote. It's quite long. In recent days, I've made a shift. I'm now working toward the day when communities of God's people, ordinary Christians who, whose lives regularly intersect, will accomplish must, most of what good, of the good that we now depend on mental health professionals to provide. And they will do it by connecting with each other in ways that only the gospel makes possible. I envision a community of people who intentionally mingle in settings where these nutrients are passed back and forth, where I pour into the into you the healing resources within me, 
and you pour into me what God has put into you. But that's not what I'm doing. I have a strong reason to suspect that Christians sit dutifully in church. Congregations for whom going to church means doing a variety of spiritual activities. Uh, have been given resources that, um, if released, could powerfully heal broken hearts, overcome the damage done by abusive backgrounds, encourage the depressed to courageously move forward, stimulate the lonely to reach out, revitalize discouraged teens and the children with new and holy energy, and introduce hope into the lives of countless people who feel rejected, alone and useless. Maybe going to church, more than anything else, means relating to several people in your life differently. Maybe the centre of a Christian community is connecting with a few. And this is, the, this is the quote that really got me. Beneath what our culture calls psychological, psychological disorder is a soul crying out for what only community can provide. There is no disorder required treatment, requiring treatment. And contrary to hardline moralism, there is more to our struggles than a stubborn will needing firm admonishment. Beneath all our problems, there are desperately hurting souls that must find the nourishment only community can provide or die. We must do something more, or no, we must do something other than train professional experts to fix damaged psyches. Damaged psyches aren't the problem. The problem beneath our struggles is a disconnected soul and we must do something more than exhort people to do what's right and then hold them accountable. Groups tend to emphasize accountability when they don't know how to relate. Wow. Read that again. Groups tend to emphasize accountability when they don't know how to relate. Better behavior through exhortation isn't the solution though it is sometimes part of it. Rather than fixing psyches or scolding sinners, we must provide nourishment for the disconnected soul that only a community of connected people can offer. The crisis of care in modern culture, especially in the Western Church, will not be resolved by training more therapists. We do not need a counselling centre on every corner. <laughs> Love you, Larry. It will be worsened by moralists who never reach deeply into the hearts of people in their efforts to impose their standards of behaviour on others, even when those standards are biblical. The greatest need in modern civilization is the development of communities, true communities where the heart of God is at home, or where the heart of God is home, where the humble and wise learn to shepherd those on the path behind them, when trusting strugglers lock arms with others as together they continue on. Larry Crabb connecting. Oh, I felt like I'd come home when I read that. I was hooked. He had exactly connected with the thoughts and ideas whirling around in my thinking. And from there, I read everything I could lay my hands on. He was my mentor. I travelled from here to New Zealand to Colorado Springs twice to sit under his teaching and I don't believe anyone else has influenced me so greatly in my spiritual formation as Larry um, 
recently there has been a huge, huge, huge outpouring of love and memories on the Larry Crabb Appreciation Club. Images shared and stories told. And one image speaks so much and you'd have to come and look at my website to have a look at it or on the, on the uh, Facebook club. And it's a picture of Larry sitting in a comfortable chair writing notes early in the morning. And it was taken by a lady called Janet Trend. And she says, A sweet memory from my time at School of Spiritual Direction. Catching Larry early in the morning, handwriting, rewriting his notes for the day. His passion and dedication are clearly shown here. As a special memory for me, uh, a special memory for me was when I attended uh, the School of Spiritual Direction at Glen Irie. Um, I had a, a very special one-to-one session with Larry. <laughs> I went to this lovely lounge and sort of in the building where he was staying. And Larry took off his shoes. I remember him. I can see him right now. <laughs> Put his feet up on the coffee table and we had a chat. And I thought, I've never seen a professional counsellor take his shoes off and put them on the, on the coffee table. <laughs> and I can't remember what we talked about. So it was just good. But... Um, there was this mighty crash of thunder. It was so loud. And um, I'd never heard thunder like that. Like, we get thunder and lightning here in New Zealand. We had some yesterday. But, man, in those rocky mountains, it was, like, wild. <laughs> Incredible. As I said, I don't remember much of what he said. But I do remember, um, I suppose, the atmosphere that Larry brought to our time. It was relaxed, friendly, gently inquisitive. Uh, unforced, shoes off <laughs> and love and I thought that's the style that I want to bring into my conversations not not too professional, just love <laughs> so <laughs> over the years I'm a bit of a uh, quote collector quoteaholic <laughs> and I've collected many quotes from Larry and they're sprinkled throughout my blog posts but here are a few. Real encouragement occurs when words are spoken from a heart of love to another's recognised fear. Wow. God has solutions for people who admit they have problems. Hmm. Our primary purpose is not to use God to solve our problems, but to move through our problems toward finding God. And this is quite an interesting quote. <laughs> A marriage bound together by commitments to exploit the other, fulfilling one, fulfilling one's own needs, and I fear that most marriages are built on such a basis, can legitimately be described as a tick-on-a-dog relationship. Tick-on-a-dog. Boy, you had a wave of words, didn't you? <laughs> Just as a hungry tick clamps onto a nourishing host in anticipation of a meal, so each partner unites with the other in the expectation of finding what his or her personal de- nature demands. The rather frustrating dilemma, of course, is that in such a marriage, there are no ticks and no dog. <laughs> well put. Uh, <clears throat> spiritual friends see a facet of Christ in us and bring it out as no one else can. And they delight to do so. When they see what is unique about us, it causes them great delight. And then giving way to the powers of daring imagination. Oh, I love that. Uh, they envision what we can become. The vision excites them. With Paul, they see us where we are and feel the pains of labour 
till Christ is formed in us. Now it's from the safest place on earth. Brokenness is a condition, one that is always there, inside, beneath the surface, carefully hidden for as long as we can keep a facade up, or facade in place. We live in brokenness. We just don't always see it, either in ourselves or in others. A central task of community is to create a place that is safe enough for the walls to be torn down, safe enough for each, us, each of us to, to own and reveal our brokenness. Supernatural goals need supernatural resources. You know, and as I, I was just reading this, I was thinking, I'm just seeing Larry just write those down, just, just pouring straight from his heart, straight from his heart. Yeah, and like, like it was just in there. And I, I just so desire that I can be right like that. So, as an administrator on the Appreciation Club on Facebook, I recently asked the members for their favourite quotes and sentences. So here are a few of them. Where is your red dot? And you'll have to understand Larry to understand that one. <laughs> Confused people listen better. Hmm. Maybe learn to dance with the Trinity. Put Jesus on display. Make a margin for uncertainty. Open heart. Women are created to be relationally open and invited. Inviting. Hush. God is in it. That was from, by his late grandfather. We have all been sinned against. We are all sin. You have failed to love me as you should. And I have failed to love you. Your failure to love, to love me is painful. Sometimes profoundly disappointing, but the Lord's love for me is perfect. Although his love does not remove the sting of your failure, it gives me all I need to stand as a whole person, capable of loving you regardless of the threat of your further failure. Too many marriages are like two ticks and no dog. God meets where you really are, not where you think you should be. Hmm. Words that open doors transmit two messages. One, I'm interested in whatever you have to say. Two, I will accept you regardless of what you say. The greatest lie believed today is that one can know God without being known by someone else. The compelling vision, and I love the idea of compelling vision. Fantastic idea. Uh, the compelling vision is maybe because of our conversations, we can want God more than we want any lesser blessing. Demand nothing here. Expect everything there. Surrender all rights to justice, to loving treatment from others, to fulfilling ministry, to all the good things of this life, and you will be given tastes of the good things to come. That is how you taste the Lord and discover that He is good. It is those tastes that will fill you with sustaining hope until you're welcome to the banquet. And Larry's at the banquet. Uh, embrace your inadequacy. Your pain is the distance between what you were created to have, Eden, and what you have now. Our hearts groan in anticipation of what lies ahead. Our true home, heaven. Think beneath. Think passion. Think vision. Think story. Think movement. Yeah, as part of um, 
planning to continue his legacy of teaching. A few years ago, Larry's son, Kip, established a new ministry called Larger Story. And Larry writes this about Larger Story. Larger Story will serve as the legacy of the thinking and writing and training and counselling I've been doing now for 50 years. At Larger Story, uh, they've amassed the many books, the sermons, talks, and videos <laughs> Larry has done, and there's a lot. And uh, if you want to find out more about Larger Story, go to largerstory.com, and it's all there. A, a few final thoughts. <laughs> Larry liked his coffee hot. <laughs> he also enjoyed Elvis and slow dancing with his students while singing Are You Lonesome Tonight? And um, one up final thought is, I just remembered how, I think Larry said, I'm not sure, but I think Larry said that he is the, the spiritual gift of making simple things complex. Maybe he did. Maybe some things he expanded out so that in its complexity we could see its simplicity and pick up new things out of it. Um, but the final sentence in his last book, Waiting for Heaven, was this. Over time, Anticipate becoming aware of actually meeting Jesus face to face and allow the sheer delight to move you toward waiting for heaven. That was this last year. But thank you, Larry. And uh, I pray that you are enjoying the sheer delight of being with Jesus face to face. Okay. Hey, if you want to email me and talk about what I've shared here, it's barry at turningthepage.co.nz. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. Bye.